The Weekend Variety Wireless with Dock Edge Festival. Get a free program at dockedge.nz. Yeah, I really hope you enjoyed the documentary Edge Festival. It's been fabulous and they do a great job. Next up, the New Zealand International Film Festival. Simon Winchester, special guest between 10 and 11. We're dedicating the hour to him because, God, he can go on and I could listen to him for ages. He's a tremendous storyteller and author. He's written lots of books on deep subjects. His latest book is called Exactly How Precision Engineering Changed the World. Aung San, Aung San Suu Kyi is not what I meant to say. She's from Myanmar. Unsung heroes uh, of the engineering world who open doors to our modern technology. Uh, don't miss them between 10 o'clock and 11. John Dippig will be with us uh, later this hour, but after the break, we'll go to Skeptical Thoughts with Susie Wiles. Oh, we missed out on the New Zealand accent of the week. Um, good try with Tony of Craggy Range, listener who pointed me to it. You were in the front running until we found a beautiful New Zealand accent from Graham Smith of Canterbury. What a total utter waste of time. The whole colour. Oh, that, that, that is um, Craggy Range. Here we go, Graham. What Murray has done meets uh, meets the consents as such, and we have just formed an alliance between Lynn's Dock, uh, Ecan, uh, Waitaki District Council, and ourselves to get on the same page. Oh, well, you may as well hear Tony as well. Why not? And you can make up your mind at home. What a total utter waste of time. The whole colour of the way they did this was deceitful and I don't think that the craggy winery people truly understand our my my uh the Weekend Variety Wireless with Dock Edge Festival. For details, visit dockedge.nz. It's raining. Bullshit. All right, Susie Wiles in the house uh, for Skeptical Thoughts. Hello, Susie. Hello, Graham. Okay, first up, it has been proved to be a moral outrage. I don't mean to be special about this because I'm certainly not the only one who smelt a bit of a rat about this thing. I thought, how could it be this poisonous? And all these people with Hazchem suits on because someone's smoked a bit of pee in the lounge at some stage. Really, if it was that potent... Uh, the people on P would be coming back to lick the walls. <laughs> but they never were. Um, a little bit of meth hysteria, Susie. Yeah. I, so, I mean, this has been huge news this week, right? The, the um, report from the office of the Prime Minister's Chief Science Advisor, Peter Gluckman. Um, so he had a couple of... Um, staffers in his office i'm sorry his names i can't remember two ladies uh basically done the research and looked at uh at this whole idea about what should the levels be around testing for um for methamphetamine in homes and what's the you know what are the sort of levels that do harm and things um asked uh, essentially by the new housing minister because um <laughs> the, the the for the last few years there's been this crazy thing going on in New Zealand where um you know these all these companies have, have sprung up to basically test for methamphetamine in homes and the levels that you had to to basically that that sort of 
triggered decontamination and eviction and decontamination were really, really low. <laughs> low, and, actually right down to rumour. Yeah, yeah, uh, absolutely insane. And, um, and, and now, of course, it turns out it's, a complete, it's been a complete con. Um, the, the companies involved are kind of saying, oh, not our fault. Um, it seems like the, the um, Housing New Zealand and various other people were going on some documentation by the Ministry of Health that was definitely not about houses. It was about uh, meth labs. Mm. Uh, and it's just been like several years of ridiculousness where people have been evicted, you know, who has essentially done no wrong um, and all sorts of craziness. And it's just... It's, it's really interesting. How is it take like why has it taken a change of government and a request by the housing minister for evidence for this to have essentially for the madness to have ended or I've to look say, like it, it's in like it might end at some point. This is embarrassing. It actually. is incredibly embarrassing. Yeah. Um. I, on on the one hand, uh, where the hell were the scientists? Uh, being noisy. It sounds like there's been one in particular who's who's been very vocal about it, but uh, obviously wasn't listened to. Where were, you know, where was Gluckman's office then? I guess where was the Royal Society? Yep. Where are all of yep. these these uh, institutions holding? Um, I can't remember his name now. Kim, uh, somebody. Um, Most people are called it. Kim these days. <laughs> uh, sorry, Nick Kim at Massey. Where were where was everybody holding him up and supporting him? Um, and why was nobody listening? And how on earth do you get change of policies? Or, or <laughs> how do we get evidence-based policy making, I guess? There is a factor at play. I don't know if it's the answer. But one of the factors in play is that if you say it's not as bad, meth isn't as bad as someone else is saying it is. Yeah. You get accused of, yes, it is meth, it's the scourge. Well, and, and you get held down for being, um, uh, you basically, you may as well sell kids meth at the kindergarten. That's I mean, what they think you're doing if, they, if you say it's anything other than the demon drug. So, I, and I guess that is that is one of the problems, right? This has been about drugs, and uh, and despite all of the evidence, actually, of how there are so many more dangerous things, like the fact that all of these homes have got hideous mold, and all of that will be, you know, what's the what's the mold level that will trigger a, a essentially a rehoming? And Zero, you'd know right? some molds are very dangerous, right? And so it's just it's just been this sort of perfect storm of the right government who are, you know. I've <laughs> got a bit of a trigger around drugs who don't particularly like uh, people who are poor and vulnerably housed. Uh, and then this, yeah, a kind of a gap in the market for essentially scamsters who won't think, see themselves as scamsters sort of coming together. Yeah. Um, and it's cost the country like $100 million. <laughs> Which we could have been spending on something, you know, <laughs> like fixing mouldy houses. I mean, it's just yeah. astonishing, um, and and it, it, but really interesting. And I think, and I hope it's a real lesson to New Zealand of of why evidence based policy is important, mm. um, and just what we shouldn't, you know, how we could get things so wrong. Mm. Um, lots of lessons, I think, for everybody to learn. Yeah, uh, there. Really okay. interesting. All right, uh, now kombucha. Are we on to kombucha? Yeah, we, we can are do on kombucha. kombucha. Yeah, I, um, 
I just got to make a button work. Pardon me. <laughs> <laughs> it's, and it's entirely my fault. All the, um, uh, the kombucha tea has been popular with holistic health proponents for decades, likely branching from centuries-old Asian medicine. If you've never seen it before, modern kombucha tea comes from a strange-looking container of brownish liquid with a blob floating in it. Now we've got someone who uses kombucha mm. tea, um, and she thinks it's just fabulous. He is um, her telling her to get with the if program. You are on the kombucha train. You gotta get on the kombucha train. Hello, hello guys. It is Sherry here. Thank you for tuning in to find out about what happened when I drank kombucha for 30 days straight. Um, I'm assuming you might be interested in drinking kombucha and finding out what it's like and what the benefits are and maybe what some of the negatives are. So make sure you stay tuned to find out my experience of drinking it every day for a month. So let me just jump right into things. The first thing that I noticed uh, very prominently <laughs> was that I was using the washer much more than normal, um, both number one and number two. Um, so from my own research that I did, I guess that's a pretty normal reaction when you start drinking kombucha and getting those probiotics in every day uh, because it's just trying to balance everything out and it's trying to get rid of toxins. So that's why you're heading to the bathroom a lot. And uh, I'm not a doctor, but that's just the research that I did. Well, who needs doctors if she's doing research? The research that I did, I guess it's what happens. Dr. Google, I guess, is the research. Right. Okay, what's this stuff? Oh, so, it's a fermented drink, usually made from black tea and sugar and fermented with a culture, a really quite disgusting-looking culture, of bacteria and yeast. Lots of people have been making it at home, at home for ages, but as it's sort of been growing in popularity, you can now buy it in various health food shops and stuff. Oh, yeah. So, people like this lady who's on the kombucha train... Um, basically believe it prevents a wide range of diseases apparently because it's got antioxidants in it um that it supports a healthy gut again uh, antioxidants probiotic bacteria and they think it helps manage diabetes may improve mental health help maintain a healthy liver protects the lungs i don't know how it would do that but anyway um so yeah it's uh it, there's a um i saw a really nice write-up um on the evidence-based medicine uh, website about it so scott Guevara has looked at the evidence for the health benefits um and then whether there's any potential harms so he has looked through all the medical literature to see if he could find any uh, essentially any human trials with it or even any case studies which are the things that where doctors write up you know interesting cases i've seen mm. and basically he can't find anything um, there's nothing there. Uh, he did find some studies that looked at what... So, uh, in the first um, audio, the guy says it's like this tea with this floating thing. So, that floating thing is a mat of bacteria and yeast and fungi and stuff. And so, there's um, the there's been lots of studies done on what's in that. And depending on how you, you know, what kind of kind of environment you're making it in there could be all sorts of stuff so there's been um uh all manner of things including probiotic uh, bacteria but also some really harmful one i think there was one that found anthrax in it because uh, that's a sort of environmental microorganism um also some really dangerous fungi if you're immunocompromised hang on um, hang on hang on microbiologist uh, anthrax 
Yeah. So that just hangs around all the time. Do you have to have quite a bit of it to get sick? Oh, it's it's um, it's naturally found in the soil in some places. Okay. Um, and uh, it's one where you, um, depending on how it kind of gets into you and what your status is like, you can... Oh, okay. Different kinds of disease. Uh, anyway, so he's found all that sort of stuff. Um, he's also found quite a bit of documentation of harm, um, although those cases are very rare. So he's found the anthrax infection. He's found cases of jaundice, dizziness, nausea, vomiting... Um, toxic hepatitis, so that's liver problems. Uh, he's found uh, renal failure, uh, so that'll be the, like, you know, going to the toilet all the time. Um, cardiac arrest, heart attacks, and even lead poisoning from somebody making it in a container that basically, I guess, had lead in it. Oh, so, okay. uh, and at least one death. There may well be more. So I guess the, the moral of the story is uh, drink it if you like the taste of it. Don't drink it because you think it's a miracle cure because it isn't. But be warned that there could be some, albeit rare, but quite dangerous potential side effects. And when claims are made that it cures this, that, that and that, and it gets really, really amazing the amount of things you've got to do it. Absolutely. (laughs) Ben Goldacre has been a good bullshit detector over the years, uh, exposing a few things and demanding evidence-based science in the UK, hasn't he? He's fab, yeah. So he's um, trained as a medical doctor, basically a researcher now at at Auckland, at Auckland, at Oxford University. Um, And he's, yeah, he wrote the books Bad Science and Bad Pharma and since then has been on this kind of like, right, we know, you know, we need to document all trials of of all treatments and various things. And he's been doing... um, um, some really cool stuff. They, his, his lab have got some really awesome websites where, you know, like they've got things like uh, they download all of the prescribing data for the UK to see and then they watch which doctors are prescribing what. Are they good, uh, are they, you know, are they good prescribers, are they bad prescribers? And he looked at all the data on who prescribed homeopathy. He's done some really, really awesome stuff. Um, and his latest project uh, is that a year ago he was involved in a uh, workshop with the WHO, so World Health Organization, um, trying to put pressure on funders to make sure that any trials, uh, human trials of medicines and stuff that they funded, that they would um, basically hold to hold their people who they funded to make sure that they uh, published their results. Um, and so he, they, he, they got 15 funders to sign this joint statement that basically within a, a year, so right now, they, these funders would have put policies uh, up, uh, public policies basically stating that these things would happen, that, that they were only going to fund research that, where the, um, the researchers would put all their results up in a timely fashion. Uh, and so it's like, you know, they've obviously been watching the clock and 12 months is up and Ben's like, right. So we're going to see, have those 15 funders, you know, did what they said they were going to do when they signed that document a year ago. And is this what he's doing on his live youtube yeah. thing? <laughs> so he decided to do it live, basically. It's the most hilarious thing. The really cool thing is, so they, so they were basically like, right, we're going we're gonna to start this audit uh, live, but they're also doing it um, in the open. So they have a Google Doc that anyone can view that is the paper they're busy writing uh, and a Google spreadsheet that has all of the, you know, every funder that they're looking at and then they've got a whole bunch of um, criteria and then they're, they're checking the criteria. And so you can go on and see how they're doing, but they basically launched it by doing the most hilarious live <laughs> live streaming event. Okay. <laughs> this is a, a I'm Ben. I'm a Doctor, I write books which on columns, which might be why you know me. I'm also a uh, 
research at the University of Oxford. I do work on trans transparency, uh, better use of NHS data, that kind of stuff. We are auditing some stuff for a little project on trans transparency. Basically, a load of people promised 12 months ago that they would change their transparency policies, and we're looking to see if they have or have not. We've churned out a lot of papers over the last couple of years. We've churned out maybe, guys, probably have 10 or 15 published. There's another five or 10 in the pipeline. And I think it's just good discipline to generally talk about what you're doing and invite people to ramble back at you. And we'll be doing more in the future, and what we do in the future will be more structured. Yeah, and get a microphone, Ben. <laughs> They're not that expensive, even for a half-decent one, about 60 bucks. That's about 15 pounds or something. Yeah, so it's him and his research assistant, Nick. <laughs> just, and he's so rambly, it's hilarious. Yeah, but it's a great thing to do, to have that open. It's exactly the opposite of these, of these other people who are taking money, perhaps, and yeah. just not being so open with it. So I can tell you straight away from his, um, his data frame, he called it. So the first three that they've looked at were the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation, um, the UK Medical Research Council and the Wellcome Trust. Um, and it looks like the Wellcome Trust and the UK Medical Research Council have started doing some of these things. So there are some yeses where it says, like, looks like they have some stuff, but it didn't look like the Bill and Melinda Gates has done anything yet. So, oh. and there, and there's, there's, so that's three of their 15. And I just, I love the way they're doing this in the open. I love mm. the way that, I mean, they do need to work on their, um, on their live. <laughs> Thing. It was quite funny because I was watching it and he's going, oh, we've got 20 people. Oh, oh. and then five minutes, oh, no, people have gone. <laughs> they won't get to the point. <laughs> okay, folks, have a listen to this. Hello. Hi. Today we're going to be looking at the human microbiome. What's that? Well, it's the bacteria that live inside us and on us. So we can find out exactly what's living inside somebody by analysing their poo. Who's poo? <laughs> your poo. Aha! That's a neat little YouTube thing, Susie Wiles and your daughter Eve. Yeah, my daughter Eve, yeah. Um, so <laughs> a few years ago, I won the Prime Minister's Science Media Communication Prize and I got given $50,000 to do some stuff with. And uh, I kind of hang on, hung on to it for a little while, kind of wondering what was the right project. And then... Stocks. <laughs> <laughs> and then Fonterra. I... I, I um, then I saw um, uh, Young Ocean Explorer. So Riley and Steve Hathaway, who are um, father-daughter team, he's an underwater photographer. Uh, and, and they basically made this really cool show about the ocean for kids that was presented by Riley, his daughter. And I was like, ah, oh, I've got a kid. I should do that. So I get in here. <laughs> so I kind of convinced her to do it, and um, we hooked up with um, Damien Christie, who's a oh uh, come on, yeah, who's our producer, and so we have four episodes of these things. They're um, live now on um, Hey Hey TVNZ's new um, kids online platform. I on and YouTube been, as well. Not yet. No, They're okay. kind of exclusive on Hey Hey for for six months, I think. Okay. Um, yeah, there's just four episodes, but it's just been such fun working with Eve. So yeah, we send her poo off to be analysed, and we talk to a microbiome specialist about what you know what that tells us about her diet and yeah. various things. And I'll tell you um, one thing: it's universal with kids. Let's talk about poo, yep. and it's just hilarious. Everyone, everyone's onto it. <laughs> and then we make cheese out of the bacteria that you can grow between your toes, or that grow between your toes. Oh, brilliant. I knew there'd be yeah. a use for that. Susie Wiles, <laughs> thank you so much. It's public service, and we'll talk to you again in a couple of weeks. The Weekend Variety Wireless with Dock Edge Festival, New Zealand's premier documentary film festival.
U.S. is the least qualified guy. It's better for U.S. to shut up. Thank shut you very much. Up. Thank you very much, John. That, that's for uh, Jennifer, my lovely wife. She's on a train to Iwu. As we speak, she's in the deep, darkest part of China. It's Iwu in China. Yeah. yeah. It's a, it's it doesn't a, sound very Chinese, Iwu. It, it doesn't. It's Y-I-W-A-U oh, or something. Oh, okay. Well, now it's very, <laughs> very Chinese. Chinese. As soon as yeah. you're spelling it. Yeah. International market. <laughs> the world goes there. Ah. And it's just the shittiest town. Is it really? Oh, it's just dirty. I've been there a few times myself, and I don't like it. The market's fine, huh? but the town itself I could do without. Yeah. But there you go. I haven't bothered going to China because you can go to, uh, like, Asian food markets where all, <laughs> all the Asian shops are. Yeah. And yeah. go on a really hot, steamy day. Yeah. <laughs> and there you go. Hot, <laughs> steamy day. No one's speaking English. It smells like China because I've been to Hong Kong. Yeah. Smells like China, looks like China, may as well be China. I've saved myself some money and some hassle. Uh, there you go. Well, not save hassles for sure because everything in China is a hassle, but it's a, it's a lovely hassle. It's a hassle I enjoy. It's really? A, I just love it. It's just different. It's crowded. It, they're busy as hell. Uh, they're doing stuff, and it's and, and there's just no shortage of people. Wow. You know, but I love it. I love China. I love I love the whole the whole experience of it, and the fact that you have to be on your wits. You can't just kind of shuffle along. You got to oh, yeah. kind of be on your wits. Well, because what for? Well, people coming at you. People coming at you. They want to buy this. You want to buy that. You want to buy. Oh, you want to buy a Gucci bag? Come oh, with right. me. Come with me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. In fact, I got to tell this story. I got propositioned in China. I never get proposition. Hashtag you too. I know. I mean, I was I was standing in front of the Sofitel. My Jennifer was up in the uh, up in the room having a shower. We we're gonna go, you know, have a bite to eat. Yeah. I'm just standing there, mind my own business. Yeah. And also, You're a hot-looking guy, John. This, this surprise us. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And this Dolly Bird starts chatting me up, and I didn't twig. I'm stupid too. I'm naive at this. You know, I'm an old naive guy. Right. And she finally goes, oh, you know, you like to come with me to go to a room? I go, no, no, thanks. I got my wife's up having a shower. Oh, this is going to be a professional arrangement. Oh, yeah. Oh, totally. Okay. And then she goes, and then you're going to love this. She goes, oh, wow. While your wife have a shower, you come with me for an hour. She never know. I go, hey, listen, sweetheart. <laughs> It'd be about two minutes and she'd know. Oh, <laughs> oh, oh boy. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. You got you to be on your wits. You're far out. I found myself in Mexico one day by mistake. <laughs> Just crossed over. Didn't know I had. <laughs> Man, things were really different all of a sudden. You had what you were saying, that bustle, everybody trying to sell you something, <laughs> yeah. and a guy with no legs strapped to a skateboard yeah. with gloves on as he propels himself in and out of a dirt road with buses. Oh, God. I uh, know. And the traffic. Yeah. yeah. Oh, well, there you go. That's life. Juarez, friendly city. Juarez, yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. Okay. Um, I wonder what they have on the, you know, the big billboard for the city. Juarez, when you're leaving, you've made it out. Yeah. <laughs> Congratulations. Congratulations. One of the few. One of the few. You got out. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Now, two rebuttals to me or to the yeah, world? Yeah, to you. No, to you. Two okay. couple of rebuttals. You know, and today we're going we're gonna to try and be calm and cool and collected on the Trump circus. But anyway, two rebuttals. First of all, you know, last week you accused the FBI of being sneaky because they... I thought that was their job. You know, that is their job. Yeah. You know, but you know, if they're not sneaky, you couldn't tell the people that didn't get blown up because they foiled another terrorist plot. 
And they never get very much credit for that. No, no, they, they, exactly, they, when they, things don't happen. Same with MI5 in Britain. Yeah, exactly. I understand there are two cases a day, something like that, that they stop. Yeah, that nobody knows about. Yeah. You know, foil the plot. But this is I like, don't know if that's an exact stat, but sorry. Well, it's, carry on. It's, it's, it's lots. It's a lot. It's yeah. a lot more than you think, you know. But here's my big rebuttal. Because there's another research paper. You, you scoffed at the idea that uh, social media can influence the voters. No, yeah, I didn't you did. scoff at it. You scoffed. No, see, you're trying to backtrack already. No, I'm not. You should listen to what I said. You said I you see, can't get in the heads of people. No, you can't know exactly what people are thinking. You can't be psychic. You can't to know exactly why they ticked a box. You can't pair the various reasons apart. Then, then why do companies spend millions and millions of dollars on advertising? Because, because they, they don't know. know what works and they and, don't know what doesn't And that's doesn't exactly work. what the Russians did with the social media. They bombarded, bombarded, yeah. and they influenced people to vote. Because I'm, I'm like a typical customer. I walk into a grocery store and I pick up what I've seen on TV without even thinking about it. I just go, okay, yeah, that's yeah. fine. You know, I grab it. And that's exactly what happened with the voting. They bombarded, bombarded. So Joe Blow goes in there and he goes, well, I'm voting for Trump because that Clinton's she's a crook. Yeah. Because some, that's what they were told. Some might have. Some might have for other reasons. No. You yeah. don't know. Yeah. No. You but, can't but, blame it all on one We're thing. not blaming it all on one thing. That's we're what saying you the were doing. My rebuttal then. That's what you were doing last week. No, I wasn't. I was saying the majority. I said the, the big swing was that was the influencing factor. And you you keep trying to say that. Oh, no, I it keep trying to make sense. <laughs> I keep saying you don't know exactly what's in people's heads. Yeah. Well, you can influence them. I know that. Yeah, sure. And that, <laughs> and, and people do try to. Okay. So, um, yeah, we can. They don't them. try. They do it. Yeah. Otherwise, they wouldn't be spending billions of dollars on stupid car ads. Yeah. And look at the election campaigns themselves. The, <laughs> the candidates themselves. They are responsible, John. They spend I, all this money on their own campaigns. I got my hand up. I agree with you a hundred percent. In America, it is an absolute joke. Well, it's, it's an industry unto itself, campaign fundraising. Mm. And there's millions and millions of people that are involved in it and companies and organizations. And they spend, like right now, I mean, they're, all the candidates right now are fundraising again for the next time. They just got into office. Yeah, it's an oligarchy. It, it's, it's just too much. And, you know, they could easily do it. But, you know, I, one of the things I do is I, I blame the Supreme Court. They passed a, a law a couple years ago that said that, you know, the super PACs, you don't have to reveal who's donating what. Mm. And there you go. And, and it's it's just way too much. I, I'd rather have a set limit. Everybody had the same amount of money. And then you go from there. Yeah. But it's not. It's just campaign after campaign. And the and the millions, God, the millions that they raise is just, I, I, I think it's a, a travesty, really, and kind of like a, a social... Yeah. On America, really. Yeah. The amount of money they spend that they could be spending in social programs. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's to a totally and utterly self-serving propaganda. Yeah, yeah, it is. It's a circle. Yeah, it's a shame. Okay. Um, I was just thinking back to some of those old <laughs> advertising campaigns in the 70s. That's when the money got really big, eh, in the 70s. I don't know, actually. I mean, I, I, you know, I, just, I never thought about it before, you know, but this is since I've, you know, delved into politics in a big way. That little kid picking off the petals of the 
um, of the daisy. <laughs> Yeah. Close me, close me not. And then boom, big atomic bomb. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Vogue LBG, save the world. Yeah, yeah. Okay. All right, it's back on. What's back on? Well, this is a good segue from blowing up the world. The, the, June, oh, yes. the June 12th summit is yes. now back on. Oh, dear, oh, dear. You know, and I want to say this at the very beginning. There's only one reason Trump wants this summit. It's not for world peace. It's not for the Nobel Peace Prize. All that stuff is horseshit, folks. The only reason he wants to go to this meeting is because no other president has done it. Yeah. He'll be the first guy to do it. That's the only goddamn reason. And the only thing they're going to get out of it now... I mean, they used to be talking about denuclearization and the missiles and all the, and, and troops and all this stuff. Now they're talking about a meet and greet. Now it's a handshake. We're going to go there and shake hands. I mean, it's just ridiculous. A meet and greet, like uh, backstage with Hootie and the Blowfish or something. That's it. That's all they're going to do. They're not <laughs> talking about denuclearization or anything else. And, you know, the other day or this week, Got the secret spy master of, of uh, Korea, North Korea, and this guy's kind of an amazing guy. Kim Ung Choi. Yeah, yeah. He, he's really, you know, because years ago, you know, North Korea didn't have any internet at all. They have nothing. They they were just nothing. This and now they're one of the top cyber countries in the world. Yeah. And to this guy, only the government has the internet. Only the government. This guy did it. This guy yeah. said, "No, we can't. We gotta we gotta up our game here." And he and yeah, the cyber, you know, because um, when the um, they put out that movie with James Franco and um, oh. the, the, the comedian guy, you know, where they were going to assassinate Kim Jong-un, and, and they, North Korea got really pissed off about that. And they warned them not to let it, not to release it. And they released it, and they cyber-attacked Sony Pictures and got all their information and just released all this information and, and cost them millions and millions of dollars. So anyway, but this guy, Choi, he delivers a letter this week to Trump. And I'm not kidding you. The letter is something like out of a Disney cartoon. It's about ten times the size of a letter. It looks, I mean, it just looks stupid. Yeah. It was unbelievable. So he gives this letter to Trump, and Trump, Trump is just drooling at the mouth, going, "Ah, oh, yeah, 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 I got the letter." And then he holds a press conference, and they, you know, he says all the very nice things in the letter, very good stuff, everything's looking good. And in the same Trump interview. About five minutes down the track, one of the reporters said, well, what was in the letter? And he goes, well, I don't know. I haven't read it. <laughs> and you, you'll read about it in a, in a great, really big book one day. You'll read about it. It's going to be famous. Yeah, you know, but he just can't help but lie. No. He lied at the beginning and well, at the end. He, 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 can't, he can't help but just say, look at me, look at me, look at me. <laughs> yeah. And I'm so special because I've got this envelope. Look, it's really, really big. <laughs> and I'm going to open it. I know what's in it. Yeah, that's it's, exactly it. He's yeah. just a child. Yeah. He is just a, that, that's why the envelope was so big. <laughs> big writing inside. I, I wonder, you, when he opens it, it'll go... It'll make a noise. I wonder if it did have big writing, that oh, big block letter. I bet you it did. <laughs> really big block writing. But the only thing that's going to come out of this is Kim Jong-un's going to have a picture with him shaking hands with the President of the United States, mm. and that baby is going to be propaganda from here to eternity. And that's what he's going to get. And we ain't going yeah. to get nothing. It's not going to work that much because we know what it is, really, don't we? Um, yeah, we do. Just... But the people in, in North Korea and other places don't. They no. think, oh, this is, you know, Kim's the guy. Yeah. You know? 
as he knocks off 500 more people. Yeah, well, they're hardly about to begin a revolution in June, are they? I mean, no. It's, it's, they're pretty stuck with what they've got for a, a long time. Well, the other funny thing about this is <laughs> the whole thing is just a joke. Now that the United States is worried about how they're going to, who's going to pay for Kim's hotel? In Singapore? Yeah. Oh, because yeah. they're not going to pay for it. Why not? I don't know. They're Mexico. Gonna, they're, <laughs> yeah, there you go. Who's going to pay for it? There you go. They should, that's what they should do. Yeah. Call up on, you know, Jose and say, hey, God damn it. You know, Kim needs a hotel room. Okay, on top of the wall. <laughs> we want you to pay for the wall, the whole wall, and a hotel room, please. But, you know, the United States government spends so much money on so many things that, I mean, the the Environmental Protection Agency this week spent $1,560 on 12 fountain pens. I'm not kidding you. Tw or $1,500 on 12 fountain pens. Whose decision? Of the Scott Pruitt, he's a dick. He's he's this guy's gonna go. He's he's been investigated by. <laughs> that is just the sort of behaviour where the only appropriate punishment is for a judge to say, for the next week you walk around your hometown, city, with a sandwich board on, saying, I wasted this amount of money on pens. Ask me why. Yeah. I'd, you'd, you'd that would to, be great, wouldn't it? You know, yeah. You know, I, just, while we're on that... Why don't judges give out punishments <laughs> like that? I think they really should. It's, yeah. You need some sort of satisfaction. I mean, while we're on that, you know, um, uh, the black guy, I forget his name now, the, the housing... So you've got to narrow it down. Uh, the, the housing director. Don't know. You know, the, the brain surgeon guy. Oh, Ben Carson. Ben Carson. Has he know. actually got a proper job now? Other yeah, than yeah. neurosurgery. Yeah, he's head of housing development. You okay. Know. Because, folks, I'm getting a little bit out of there. I can't remember a guy's name. No worries. But anyway, he spent $31,000 on a dinner set for his office. The guy the guy in the interior department spent $139,000 on a new door. It's just a joke. Who do these people think they are, plumbers? <laughs> I don't know. But anyway, back to the... Uh, Panel beaters? The summit, you know. Uh, yeah. It'll be interesting. What... what what happens in that summit? Uh, yeah. I hope nothing. I really, I'm all for the meet and greet and ha take a photograph and get out of there because right. then I can take the hard hat off <laughs> at the end of the day because I'm worried. If they actually get down to anything that means anything, I, I'd be worried. Well, regardless, you know Kim's going to screw him. He's, yeah. al he's already screwed him. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Uh, now, tariffs. This is just That's, crazy stuff, isn't it? Uh, it's just, you know... Have you declared war on Canada yet? This is impossible. Canada has... This is an impossible situation. Canada has been our neighbors in our shoulder to shoulder in everything we've done. Except, Every, except for the last war you had with them. What, <laughs> what war? They were up in Del Delaware and up north in that bit, and you had to change the map, and people got shot, and <laughs> Canada won for five minutes, and then it all stopped. Oh, good. Yeah. Good. But see, nobody even heard about that war. That's Canada it for happened. you. People got shot. Yeah, well, but, I mean, Canada has been with us everywhere. Everywhere, shoulder to shoulder. They've, you know, every war, everything we've ever done. And, and Canada is, like, the most nondescript place in the world. Oh, I mean, yeah. I mean... Canada, what, what have you ever heard, other than your war that I never heard about, mm. what have you ever heard Canada say anything? I know. And now Trump is 
declare them a national security problem. All right. And they put a tariff on them. And, you know, Trudeau is just going nuts. He's going, I, you know, that's just, you know, unacceptable. But, you know, the tariffs. Okay, so he puts steel and aluminum t uh, tariffs on Canada, Mexico, and the EU. Mm. And then immediately, all three countries just turn around and put tariffs on all the shit that we sell them. Hmm. So you go, well, what's the point then? Yeah. What's, what's the Nobody point? Nobody wins in a trade war. That's a, unlike Barack Obama, I, think, I don't think Trump thinks through the next move. What next? What happens? No. I, I, I don't think he does that. I, oh, no. It's all gratification. He doesn't give a shit about anybody but him. Mm. You know, I mean, I got to say, that I got to go right back to the summit because this is the, this is, as I said, it was a joke. Mm. And this is how jokey it's become. The CIA put out a report that, one, you know, North Korea is not going to give up their nukes. They're just not doing that. I mean, that's pretty obvious. They blew up a garden shed. That looked they, good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. You see the rakes go everywhere. Yeah, a bit of a lawnmower. Yeah. So they're not doing that, but everybody, you know, but they put it on an official report. But one of the concessions that Kim Jong Un is going to consider mm -hmm. is allowing a Western-style hamburger franchise into North Korea. That, yeah, there we go. <laughs> Conquest by culture. <laughs> it's got to be McDonald's. Of course it is. You know. I hope so. You know. Now, i got to tell you this. Another little well, look, that's actually a really good scramble for which one it is. Who's going to do the bidding? Carl oh. Jr.? Oh, um, it'll just be phenomenal. Yeah. You know, I mean, that's that's you know that's another huge market. Not a huge market. I don't know how big it is, but it's a market. But this is like, this is a segue into that. When I took my lovely wife, Jennifer, who's now in China, but I took her to California for the first time with me. We were traveling around. Mm. And, you know, when I go to California, I hit every burger joint there is. I mean, I love them. In-N-Out, Burger King, whatever. I, I'm there. And <laughs> one day, I'm chomping through a, a double beef Whopper, my favorite hamburger, and she's looking at me, and I said, what? She goes, it's all about hamburger here, isn't it? <laughs> I said, yeah, I guess in a word it is. <laughs> yep. Uh, so we're going to kill North Korea with our burgers. <laughs> they are delicious. Yeah. Oh, no, I'm with them. Good one. <laughs> okay, no new deals, Daddy-O. Uh, yeah, this is, you know, Trump. Everything Trump said on the campaign trail was a big lie. I mean, we all know this, but, I mean, it's interesting to go back to the clips, you know, and he said nobody was, you know, once he got into office, there was going to be no new deals, no new deals, and he wasn't going to play golf. He wasn't going to play golf. He was, you know, Barack Obama played so much golf, and if you're in the White House, why would you ever want to leave the White House? I'm going to be here working all the time. <laughs> well, you know, Ivanka Trump, I've, you know, last week I told you that, you know, they got $500 million dollars for this resort that has in, in Indonesia, mm. you know, after Trump is saving ZTE, the biggest telecom. Well, three days after that, Ivanka Trump got seven more trademarks in China for her company. She's got 12 now, which just opens up the Chinese market to her, which is worth millions and millions of dollars to her and the family coffers. Has she got an official job? Is she... She's, the, she's in the White House officially as a counselor to oh, the president. Okay. I mean, talk about nepotism. Yeah. Talk about, I mean, just, it's just ridiculous. Now, and the other thing about... That's the, up there with George W. and Halliburton's. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, boy, there's a that's a story back, folks. <laughs> Except that one went bang. Yeah, with Cheney and, yeah. and whatnot. But the thing about the golf is, you know, Trump is complaining about the Russia the Russia investigation has spent to date seventeen million dollars. Mm. 
you know, which is a chunk of change. You know, to the government, it's like a fingernail, you know, a small fingernail. But anyway, $17 million, and Trump is complaining about that. Trump goes to Mar-a-Lago. Every time he goes to Mar-a-Lago, it costs the taxpayer a million dollars, over a million dollars. A million dollars? A million bucks. That's for all the bullshit that they have, they have to fly down there. They have all the Secret Service people. That's about 30 fountain pens. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> So he's been down to Mar-a-Lago 56 times since he's been in office. So that's 56 million. That's three times the amount of the rush, and it's not, it's not going to stop. But and here's the thing. Here's the thing. I mean, Trump is such an asshole. You got to say this, folks. Bottom line, the guy's an asshole. Anybody that plays golf will cringe when I say this. This jerk off drives his golf cart onto the putting green. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, that is so no class. So that is, you can't describe how buffoonery that is. Mm. And he's there smiling away, driving up. The, it, it, it's, the guy's a joke, mm. an absolute joke in every sense of the word. All right. <laughs> I can just see you going, yeah, you're still going on, baby. You're still driving on that guy. <laughs> nah, uh, it's just that these sort of bits of buffoonery, I, I agree with you, but it's <laughs> time and time again, it's... <laughs> Just like a petulant seven-year-old child. Get off the grass! You know what it he is? He hasn't invaded another country under false pretenses yet because he doesn't know how. He doesn't know how. But Good. This, when you say child, um, this is an unfortunate story. He went to Texas where they had that mass shooting uh, two weeks ago and ten kids got shot, and he spoke to one of the mothers. And he screws this up every time. He might as well not even go because he just makes everything worse. And she was talking to him and trying to talk to him about sensibility things, and he kept talking about arming the teachers and this and that and everything. And afterwards, she said to one of somebody asked her how it, how it went. She goes, it's very difficult. It's like talking to a toddler. Yeah. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> Like <laughs> 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 talking to a toddler. Okay, a lesson for crooks. Yeah, no, okay. This is something I learned this week. Michael Cohen, Trump's personal attorney, got his office, his house, and uh, some apartment building he was living in raided by the FBI. And they took everything, all his phones, electronics, everything, even his shredder. They took his shredder. Now, Michael Cohen, being one of the dumber guys around... He had a shredder that shredded in strips. Well, the FBI is putting them together because you can put together strips. And if you're a smart crook, you will spend a little bit more money and get a cross-cut shredder. Oh, is that harder, is it? Yeah, well, it makes it, it, makes it into confetti. Oh! <laughs> so you can't put it one together. One step up. One step up, right. One step up. So if you're going to be a crook and you're going to do dubious things and you want to shred stuff... Spend a few more bucks and get the good one. Right. Maybe the Environmental Protection Agency. It wasn't fountain pens. That's just a ruse. They've got a really good shredder. They've got a great shredder in there. Yeah. Or Ben Carson. Uh, call it cutlery. There you go. Okay. Oh, crikey. Uh, next weekend. What's the next weekend? Uh, or the win- no, it's weekend. I, I was just going to mention, uh, Russia's got the World Cup. I mean, oh, yeah. you cats don't care about soccer. But soccer. As, as if Russia's not in the news, um, yeah. this is going to be interesting, isn't Very it? Very interesting. And you know what? This is the first time in ages the United States didn't, we got knocked out in the qualifying. We didn't make it. It's okay. Italy uh, played a warm-up game for the World Cup the other day against Saudi Arabia. Yeah. They didn't get beat by Saudi Arabia, did they? 
No, it was Saudi Arabia's warm-up game against Italy. Saudi Arabia qualified. Italy didn't. Really? <laughs> well, there you it's go. weird, isn't it? Yeah, well, I looked at that and I thought Saudi Arabia, Italy. I didn't think Italy qualified. All oh, right, warm-up matches. You play the duds. <laughs> God, what's the world coming to? Yeah, I know. Italy's going <laughs> to slip into the sea. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Uh, John, thank you very much. Thanks, least, least qualified guy. The U.S. is the least qualified guy. <laughs> it's better for you as to shut up. Shut thank up. you very much. The Weekend Variety Wireless with Dock Edge Festival. Get a free program at dockedge.nz. A fresh outsider to the archives uh, after 11 o'clock. We have uh, the story of New Zealand riots. Uh, including the Queen Street riots of uh, 1984 and much more. New sport and weather arriving at you at around about the speed of light. It's 10 o'clock.